his word, his living word. You know, every parent, hopefully, now sometimes we maybe wonder, but hopefully every parent understands the great significance of teaching their child to hear their voice, listen to their voice, and obey their voice the first time. Okay, now I'm sure all of us have seen those parents whose kiddos know I don't have to do anything until mom's voice reaches that pitch and she uses all six of my names. Then they get up and obey, right? Do you realize how extremely dangerous that is? Because a child that has not learned to obey their parents the first time, you're walking down the sidewalk and that child just steps off the curb and starts to go right in front of an oncoming automobile. You want them to obey the first time you say, stop, right? You want them to obey because they're, they're putting their life at great risk when the child hasn't learned to obey. And and. And, and I, I see that. I see it regularly in Wally's world, Safeway. You know, a child that's just running and parents are saying stop and that, that kid's not listening. They're just going. And uh, it, it's, it's very, very dangerous. We, we see the same thing similarly in the military. Going through basic training, one of, one of the reasons basic training is supposed to be hard demeaning is because they're trying to get the mind, the emotions of that person to become military in thinking and to swiftly obey command. Because I want to tell you, when, when, when they're out in a firefight and there's an enemy insurgents, the, the, the supervisor, the, the, whether it's the, the master sergeant or whether it's a colonel, when they're giving orders, they need to know that, that their junior officer is going to lead his squad immediately and there's going to be immediate response. They have to know that. They don't, they don't need a private or a buck sergeant down there arguing with a, a master sergeant over whether he will or will not, arguing with a, a second lieutenant whether they will or will not obey orders. They've got to obey now. There's insurgents happening. And, and sometimes those orders are totally contrary to what their human thinking may be, but they've got to obey orders. Are you tracking with me? It's the same with the child. The little child, they're not always going to understand why, but you get, no, stop. You need them to stop. You're about to step in front of an oncoming automobile. You know, the same thing is significant for a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must learn his voice. And, and we must have our soul and our spirit surrendered to that voice the first time he speaks. So we know. We, we see this illustrated for us in a couple of different places in Scripture. I'm going to refer to one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the, there's a prophet that just suddenly appears on the scene obeying the voice of Almighty God. E Elijah the Tishbite just suddenly appears on the scene obeying the voice of God to go to an ungodly king and tell him, no rain for three and a half years. You've not obeyed God. Wow, that's, that's not a pleasant task. But he obeyed the voice of the Lord. And what's really curious is when the king got that word, then he wanted to get rid of the prophet, right? And every time he tried to find the prophet, and he'd hear, oh, prophet Elijah's over there, he'd get there, and God was constantly hiding him. God was, was protecting him from the attacks of the king until 
God sent him another word. Go tell the king, gather the prophets of Baal and Astarte and gather the people of Israel to Mount Carmel. And he obeyed. And he obeyed that day when he revealed who the true and the living God was and then commanded the prophets of Baal and Astarte to be executed. He obeyed. He did what God told him to do. But then he gets word that Queen Jezebel is saying, and I'm going to execute you in his, in his hearing those words. Discouragement, fear, gripped his heart. Now, <clears throat> I know that's not supposed to happen to a prophet of God, and you are such a strong man and woman of God. You never experience fear, and you never experience discouragement, right? <clears throat> no. See, that's what I love about the Word of God. It, it reveals the humanity of God's servants as well as the great things they do. And in his humanity, because Elijah, Elijah knows the power of Jezebel, that she was really the ruler. Ahab was, excuse the modern day expression, a wuss. Oh, it's right there in scripture. Well, it doesn't say wuss though, does it? No. It, it just says that whatever Jezebel said, he did. And Jezebel was the real power behind the throne. And Elijah knew that. And so when she sent word, you're a dead man, fear gripped his heart, discouragement. He'd been obeying the voice of the Lord. And in his discouragement, he ran. And he ran all the way from the Jezreel Valley south all the way to Mount Horeb. That's round figures, 150 to 200 miles. Then he ran. He gets, he gets to Mount Horeb, also in scripture called Mount Sinai, two names for the same mountain. He gets there, and, and he's got to hear from God. He just has to hear from God. And I don't know if you have those times. I certainly do in my life, but I just got to hear from God. I'm not sure what to do with the situation. I'm not sure how to handle the situation. And especially the years I was raising kids. I mean, man, don't you wish they would come with an instruction manual? <clears throat> I don't know if she remembers this. I remember the first time Wanda tried to teach me how to put on a diaper. That was an experience. I had that puppy on. It was good to go. Stood the kid up and pfft, fell right off. It was an experience. That was just one of many experiences that we were going to have over the next years. And in case you think it's going to get better when they become adults, forget it. Just bigger things to pray about. That's all. And you got grandkids to pray about also. You know, and you, you just, there are just times you've got to hear from God. Amen? I just need you to, and Almighty God, would you please write it so I can see it? He doesn't. And he didn't with Elijah either. There was the storm, there was lightning, there was thunder, there was even an earthquake. And God wasn't speaking in any of those things. And finally, after all of that, earthquake, thunder, lightning, storm, finally, in a quiet, peaceful voice, God's word came. You know, there's, there's times he desperately wants us to shut all the noise off. Turn off the TV, turn off the iPad, and just get quiet with him. And we will hear his voice. And it will be soft. 
and he will show us. And that's, that's what happened to Elijah. And he got his instructions and he immediately obeyed. He went from Mount Sinai to the valley of Abel Mahola, where he was going to bring in his, um, uh, a mentee that he was going to mentor to be his successor. We see another example of this in the New Testament in the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul was on his missionary journey and he had been ministering in Asia Minor and in the region of Galatia and Bithynia. And he thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to go into this other region. And Holy Spirit said, no, not there. So I went, well, okay, I'm not sure where. And so he starts to go to another place. The Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there either. And so Paul went to a coastal town of Troas and waited on the Lord till he had the clear instruction from God. Sometimes we get too quick. Oh, this would be good. And we just act on it. And we don't really get the confirmation that it's almighty God that we're supposed to be doing it. Oh, I like that car. I'm going to buy that car. And it becomes a curse, not a blessing, because it wasn't the will of the Lord. Now you got that crazy $300 a month payment that God really didn't want you to have, and you really don't need. And now it's, it's a curse instead of a blessing. Then we've all been there. We've all done those crazy things. And Almighty God says, look, I want you to wait until you clearly have heard my voice. You see... When we become born-again children of Almighty God, listen closely, we're supposed to do life with Jesus. That's the whole point. We do life with Jesus. We don't just add Jesus on while we keep doing our thing. We don't just add Jesus on while we keep doing our thing. The whole idea as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is we do life with Jesus. And really the way it works best is when we're doing life through Jesus. He is so significant in our life. He is such the main part of our life that we're really doing life through Jesus. Come on. Amen? That's, that's what it's supposed to be like. And so he wants us to learn his voice. So there at Troas, the apostle Paul waiting on the Lord, he gets a dream from Almighty God. And the dream is, get to Macedonia and get to the city of Philippi. I've got a work for you to do there. And so the scripture says, immediately we endeavored to go. I like that. There was no hesitation. He got the instructions of God. He goes. Amen. Well, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, we see Almighty God trying to speak to a rebellious nation. Now, this is during the time when Isaiah is the prophet of the land. Remember, in chapter 6, it's in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah really steps forward in his prophetic work. And it's his greatest work is during the time of King Hezekiah. But Israel and Judah are in rebellion to Almighty God. God's trying to get their attention. And in chapter 51, three times God speaks to a group of people. He's trying to get the attention of people that will not listen. And so finally God narrows it down and he speaks to three groups of people. Look at these three groups of people that he speaks to. In verse 1, it says that he's speaking to you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. And as you go on in the book of Isaiah, he makes it clear. Look, I tried to speak to you. You would not. You continued on in your evil ways, and you're going to experience the consequences. And so because they wouldn't hear, God found a remnant. 
a remnant of people that would listen because they were following after righteousness and they were seeking the Lord. Oh, Living Faith Church family, that is who we need to be. That's who we need to be. Look at the second group. He said, my people, give ear to me, oh, my nation. See, if, if, if we're going to be a part of that first group, listen closely, we've got to give our ear to the Lord. We've got to be willing to hear. But not only that, we've got to recognize we are now the kingdom of Almighty God. In this, in this fallen, dark, evil America, those who are following after righteousness, those who are seeking the Lord, they are the kingdom of God in the midst of this darkness. Then he said, you who know righteousness in whose heart is my law. You who know righteousness, in whose heart is my law. Do you know the word of God? Do you know the principles and the precepts of God's word? Now, this is who he's talking to. And dear ones, that has got to be your heart. And if it's not your heart right now, you've got to make it that. Online family, listen to me. This is not a time to be casual about seeking the Lord and following after righteousness. This is not a time to be casual about the way you walk with Jesus. God wants you to be his kingdom on earth right now. He wants you to be the one through whom he can flow his authority, his power, his working. He wants you to bring the kingdom of God authority into your home, into your neighborhood, into your workplace. He wants you to be walking with him so that you are taking the keys of the kingdom of Almighty God and you're binding those things that need to be bound and you're loosing those things that need to be loosed. Almighty God wants you to be that person in whom he can write his law on your heart and on your mind, and you will know righteousness. You will know the difference between that which is sacred, that which is holy, and that which is of the world. That which is righteous, that which is true, and that which is of darkness. He wants you to be able to clearly distinguish. God's calling you. God's calling you right now. Amen. What was his concern? What was God concerned about? Why, why was he working so hard? Why three times in this one chapter did he say, listen to me? Well, he told us in verse 1 and 2, look to the rock from which you were hewn, the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and Sarah, your mother. You know what he's saying to them? Remember your true identity. Remember your true identity. Remember what I have delivered you from and what I have made you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. As a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are a new creation. We are no longer of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world of darkness, but we walk in the light as he is in the light. Come on. That's what he said in John 1. He said, if we say that we know him, but walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. For God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And that's what God's reminding them. Remember your true identity. Remember who you are. Remember from where I've brought you and where you are now. You are no longer that person. This is who you are. This is who you are. Your true identity. Remember your true identity. Wait a minute. 
I'm a child of God. I can't be defeated. I'm risen with Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus is in my boat. And because he's in my boat, it can't sink. Come on. Who are you? That's his first concern. Remember who you are. And the reason is because as the world gets darker, it's going to challenge your identity continually. It's going to challenge you. You're going to be challenged. Listen, you're going to be challenged in the workplace like you've never been challenged right now. Born again, men and women of God, born again, students on the college campus, on the high school and middle school campus, even in the elementary school, they are going to be challenged like never before. You got to know who you are. You got to know your identity and you, and you must not fear. As he's going to say next, look at four and five. He said, my law will proceed from me. I will make my justice rest as a light of the people's. Here's the second thing he's wanting you to know. Not only know your identity, but you've got to know the true source of truth. Hear that again. The true source of truth. The accurate source of truth. I wish I had my hard copy of the Bible. <laughs> I got it on my pad. I wish I had my hard copy. I, I study from my hard copy. You know why? Because I, I don't do well making notes on my pad and stuff. My hard copy of the Word. I write in it. It's highlighted. Oh, there's pages loose and stuff like that, but it doesn't matter. I, I've had that particular Bible almost 30 years and I, I actually, a year and a half ago, I started a new one. It just wasn't the same. I had all my notes. I'm familiar with it. I even know where it's at on a page. I can go there and that's where it's, it just, it just wasn't the same. So I, I put that one on my bookshelf but took this one back off the bookshelf and brought it home with me. And even though I got to put pages back in on it because it's God's word to me. That's the source of truth. See, God wants you to remember. You're going to be challenged with political correctness. You're going to be challenged with the, with the tolerance agenda. You're going to be challenged with the world's ideology. You're going to be challenged. And right now, especially right now, if you are not complying with the world's ideology then you are evil, you are wicked. And the world is now calling good evil, and they're calling evil good. And when you don't agree with them, you are evil. And I'm saying to you right now, Almighty God says you not only have to know your true identity, you have got to know the principles and the precepts of my law, and you've got to know them so well that you will stand against the tide and the flood of evil and deception and distortion that is flooding across our land right now. You've got to know it. Listen. Remember. Remember from where I've dug you. Remember who I've made you to be. And remember, my word is your source of truth. And then the third thing he said is, do not fear the reproach of men. Don't be intimidated by their words, by their position, by their threats. Oh, I got to tell you, I'm watching God's people hunker down all over the place. And they and they, they think they're huck, that 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 they're that 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 they're backing down, so that they can help reconciliation happen. And I'm saying to you right now, do not believe the distortion. Do not be intimidated. 
by the violence. Do not be intimidated by the crime. Do not be intimidated by the legal threats. Do not be intimidated. Do not fear man. He goes on in here and he says, why would you fear someone who's going to die? Fear the one who lives forever. Fear God. Fear God. The fear of the Lord is to hate wickedness in every evil way. The fear of the Lord is to know who God really is and realize that he knows the end from the beginning so I can always trust him. I can always trust his word. I can always trust his character. I can always trust his justice and his goodness. I can always trust his protection and care for his kids because he always has my best at his heart. I'm going to fear him. I am not going to fear what man may do to me. I'm going to fear almighty God. That was God's concern. If you, if you don't listen to me, you're going to forget who you are. You're going to forget my, my, my principles and my precepts. And the fear of man is going to override the principles and precepts of my word. And in your fear of man, you will begin listening to political correctness. You'll begin listening to culture pressure. And you'll follow the culture and not follow me. And God says, I am really concerned. Listen to me. Listen to me. Now, now, Jesus said a similar thing in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation. Multiple times, Jesus said, look, in chapter 2, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 11, chapter 2, verse 17, chapter 2, verse 39, chapter 3, verse 6, chapter 3, verse 13, chapter 3, verse 22. All of those places, seven times, he said, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And at no point did Jesus say to the church, when the government says you're not essential, close down. Hunker down in your living room. Watch church online. He never said that. And someone's going to say, well, that's because they didn't have internet then. You think Jesus didn't know internet was coming? I mean, he could prophesy all the other things that are going on right now. You think really he, was, he, he didn't know internet was coming? I said, all the things that he prophesied that are happening right now, do you think he didn't know? Yes, he knew. What I'd like to know is how the church is going to apologize to the folks in China and Iran that meet anyway. And their very life is on the line. And I'm going to fear, Kate Brown, are you kidding me? Not on your life, Besides that, it's not a law yet. It's just her wishes. It's not been made a law. And the reason is because they can't make it a law because it violates the Constitution. You can make no law establishing religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And even if it was against the law, I'm still going to meet. Because God said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. He didn't say, unless the governor says. <laughs> Folks, listen. It's time the church recognize we got to listen to God's word more than we listen to government. Because right now, so much of government is calling good evil. And Almighty God says, we must follow after righteousness. Come on, amen? amen. With that understanding then, how do, we, how do we know the voice of the Lord? How do we hear the voice of the Lord with that understanding? 
Good question. Let's go to the book of Hebrews and let's discover it. In the book of Hebrews chapter 1, he said, you're going to slide way down in my notes. I'm way down. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. Keep going. I'm, I'm running past these. Go ahead and keep going. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're running out of time, so I'm skipping. All of that that we just skipped, I already said to you anyway. There's great danger when we don't obey the voice of the Lord. Amen? In Hebrews chapter 1, it says that God, who at sundry time and various places has spoke to us in time past by his prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. How, how do we know, how do we know the voice of the Lord? In chapter 2, it said, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a word which has been spoken to us and confirmed to us with signs and wonders. He is directly referring to the Holy Scripture. He's directly referring to the Holy Scripture. In time past, he spoke to us by his prophets. That's the Old Testament. Now he's spoken to us by his Son. That's the New Testament. And then he says to you and I, and we've got to give heed, we've got to give heed to this word which has been spoken to us and confirmed to us by signs and wonders and miracles. How do we know the New Testament is God's holy word? Because it's been confirmed to us by signs and wonders. It's been confirmed to us time and again. Every promise that's given to us in the New Testament has been confirmed to us time and time again. It's God's holy word. And so then he goes on in chapter 4 and he says, The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow. The word of God, the holy Bible, Genesis to Revelation, God's holy word is living and it's powerful. Now look right here. Because the word you have is living. It's not just a document. It's living. It's powerful. Why? Because it's God speaking to us. When you read the Holy Bible, it's God speaking to you. Let, let me show you what I'm talking about. How many here would say, there has been at least one time in my life when I've been reading the Bible, something just jumped off the page at me. May I see your hand, please? Look at that. Almost every hand in the room. Why? Why did it jump off the page at you? God was talking. He was talking to your heart. It was God speaking to you. His word that is written, that was written millennia ago, is not a dead book. It's the living word of God, and it speaks to you. That's why, I, and I, I do it every morning. I get the Bible, I hold it to my chest. I haven't even opened it yet. Lord, it's your word. Talk to me today. I want to hear from you today. I literally do this every day. And then I open to where I'm reading, and I start reading, and I'm anticipating. I know God's going to say something to me. And when he really says something to me, I highlight it sometimes again, and then I date it again. I date it. And there's sometimes I just take out the Bible and I just go through it and I look at those dates. Oh, God spoke. Oh, 
oh, God, that was so good. Oh, thank you for that. And, and, I, and I go, I've seen that happen. You, you did that. You did that for me, Lord. <sighs> He's speaking. He's speaking. The word of God is living and it's powerful. How many have had the word of God come to you and that word of God became a deliverance to you? That word of God became a promise to you. That word of God became a source of victory for you. How many of you, you've been reading something, it jumped off the page at you, and that became a source of victory. You just won something that day. Come on. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Yes. Yes. Online family, right now, would you just pause and just lift your hands and thank God for the number of times his word has brought you a point of victory. Come on. Come on, online family, join me right now. Give God a praise. Come on, those in the fellowship hall, those here in the worship center, come on, give God a praise. He's given us a victory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Wow, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, But I hear some people go this way. Well, you know, the word of God was written by men. No, it wasn't. Men published it for God. But just like my editor and my publisher, they can't change my books without getting my permission. Now, I I thank God for my editor. She has helped me in so many ways. She's forever finding typos and things like that in there and going, this might not be the best way to say this. And she helps me so much that way. But you know what? She doesn't write it. She just edits it for me so that it's the best. And then it's published with my name on it. And I want to tell you, the Holy Bible has God's name on it. It's his holy word. Men didn't write it. They simply edited it and published it on God's behalf. It's God's holy word. And it's not up for private interpretation. Well, this is what I think it says. Big deal. I want to know what God says it says. That's what I want to know. What does God mean for it to say? It's not up for private interpretation. That's why Peter in his second epistle in chapter 1 verses 20 and 21, he let it be known. Holy men were wrote as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was telling them what to write. And they wrote it. And it's not for any private interpretation. It's the word of Almighty God. And it is the absolute truth. And the absolute truth of Almighty God's word will set you free. And I'm asking you right now, church family, if you've not learned how to hear God's voice, will you take the time? Will you take the time? Take it in a whole new way. If you've not been reading the Bible lately, take your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, see me after service. I'll make sure you get one. We've got them to give away. We like to give the Word of God to people. If you, if you don't have a Bible, see me. We'll make sure you get a Bible. Go to the Gospel of John. St. John. It's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Begin reading in John. The first word you're going to see is, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Remember what he said in Hebrews 1, verse 1? Now in these days is spoken to us by his son. His son is called the word of God. And when Jesus Christ comes back again, he's going to be wearing a whole new set of clothes. And he's going to have the word of God written on him. He is the word. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God. 
He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Start reading it, John, and just say, God, speak to me, and read until something stands out. Stop. Don't go any further. Think about what God is saying to you that day. Put a marker there. Spend a little time in prayer. Come back the next day. Pick it up again. Start reading. Read till something stands out. Stop. Put a marker there. Think about what God spoke to you that day. Come back the next day. Pick it up and continue. When you get done with the Gospel of John, continue right on in the book of Acts. The Gospel of John will give you a beautiful picture of Jesus and what Jesus is saying. The, God, the book of Acts is going to give you a picture of those who follow Jesus and how when they obey him, he does his mighty work through them. Start there. But start hearing the voice of God. God, I want to hear you. I want to hear your voice in my life. Because in this day of craziness, I want the stability that your voice brings in my life. Would you stand with me, please? Those worshiping with us and our online family, would you stay with me close? Those that are worshiping with us in the fellowship hall, I'm going to hand you over to Pastor Aaron. He's going to lead this time with you in a time of prayer. Those here online and worshiping with me, we're going to go to prayer right now. Here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that there's going to be a strong remnant of God's kids that are saying, you know what, I'm following after righteousness. I'm seeking the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to live my life through Jesus. I'm going to live life through Jesus. I'm going to do life with him. And I want him to write his word on my mind. I want him to put his word in my heart because I want his truth to be the principles and precepts by which I live life. Because that is the truth that will help me live free. I want to learn his voice. I want to know his voice so well that even when he whispers to me, I hear and I obey. Even when he whispers to me, I hear and I obey. There's another way God speaks to us. I like to call them holy hunches. We get an impression from Almighty God. It's not always a verbal that we hear in our ear. It's a voice we hear in our spirit. Because our spirit has ears. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. I want to know his voice in my spirit. Now, the voice you hear in your spirit will never violate the voice of the Word of God. never violate the written word of God. Never, ever, ever. God's not going to tell you to do something that violates the word of God. Never, ever, ever. Never. And so when you hear a holy hunch, you check it out from the word of God. If you don't know immediately it's confirmed in the word of God, you better check it out before you act on it. Come on. Amen. There's going to be times you'll get that holy hunch and you'll go, oh yeah, that agrees with that scripture right there so I can act on that to do that. But there's going to be other times when you go, well, I better make sure I didn't have too much pizza last night. And I'm checking it out. 
Come on, amen. We've got to learn to hear the voice of God in our spiritual ear. We've got to hear the voice of God in his word. If you're saying, Pastor, I want to be that kind of woman. I want to be that kind of man. Pastor, I want to be that kind of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sir, I'm going to ask you right now, boldly, just lift both hands to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to be that kind of man. Sister, lift both hands and just say, I want to be that kind of woman of God. That's the woman of God I want to be. I want to be that. Right there in your home. Just lift your hands to him. Just lift your hands to him right there. If you're listening to me and you're driving, pull over to the side of the road right now and lift your hands to him. I want to be that kind of a man. That's the man I want to be. I want to be that kind of a man. That's the man God called me to be. I want to be that in Jesus' name. I want to be that in Jesus' name. And Father, I'm praying right now. Holy Spirit, like lightning rods. These hands like lightning rods. Holy Spirit, bring the glory of Almighty God down upon them, in them, and through them. Your glory coming down upon them right now in the authority of Jesus' name. Quickening their spirit. Quickening their heart. Confirming to them that they are truly who you said they are. They are following after righteousness. They are seeking the Lord. They are ones who know righteousness and know your law. Oh, in Jesus' name, right now, Holy Spirit, just pour down over them and confirm to them as they make this commitment to you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, I thank you and I give you praise. God, I thank you and I give you praise. In the authority of Jesus' name, in the authority of Jesus' name, Lord, we say to you, yes, yes, we will hear your voice. We're listening. Yes, Lord, we're listening. We will hear your voice, and we will obey. We will obey in Jesus' name. Now, before you end this prayer, there's another level of commitment you need to make, and this is a tough one. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Someone listening to me in our online family right now, and your heart is being moved greatly. You're being moved to tears right now because Almighty God is bringing a freedom to your heart, a freedom that you have been wanting, you have been longing for. He's bringing it to you right now. Come on. Come on, daughter. Lift your hands and receive it right now. God is touching you right now. Don't be ashamed of those tears. Let them flow. Almighty God is touching you in a mighty way. And I'm going to ask you, when this service is done, in the comments section, just say, that was me, Pastor. That was me. I want to pray for you again when I look at those comments this afternoon. That was me. That was me. Oh, God bless you. Wow, God's touching you in a powerful way right now. Wow. Wow. Dear ones, there's another commitment we got to make right now. It's a hard one. Is, and you, you got to mean it. You can't say this if you don't mean it. And I'm telling you, do not pray this prayer if you don't mean it with all your heart because you will be challenged on it and God will expect you to keep it. Here's the commitment. Lord, I will obey your word no matter what it says before I've even read it. I've made my heart up. I will obey you. Before I've even read it, I've made my mind up, Lord. I will obey you no matter what it says to me. I will obey. Lord, I will obey you no matter what you say to me. I will obey. Well, that's a deep commitment. It's a deep commitment. But that's the kind of commitment that men and women of God who live life through Jesus, that's the kind of commitment they make. Are you ready? Are you ready? Lord, right now in the authority of Jesus' name, we say to you, 
before we even know what it's going to ask of us, we will obey your word. We will obey your word. Before we even know what you're going to speak to us in our spiritual ears, we will obey. We will not obey something that violates your written word, but we will obey you every time. Every time. In Jesus' holy name. Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. 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 Now, before we close, and I'm walking you through this because this is so important. That prayer you just made about obeying every time, no matter what he asks, that doesn't mean there's not going to be times your flesh is going to go, no, 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 no. That doesn't mean there's not going to be times your mind is going to say, you what? Are you crazy? And you may wrestle with that thing all day long. But both you and God know one thing. It's already a done deal. You just got to get your flesh and your human will lined up with what your spirit man has already decided. Am I making sense what I'm saying? It's a done deal. It's settled, right? We just prayed it. It's a done deal. But sometimes our flesh goes, no, 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 no. And you just have to make it obey. And you may even leave skid marks all the way there, but you're making it obey. You will obey. Kind of like our grandson the other day, when he had to obey, so he took these steps. Clear across the room, that's how he did it. He was obeying, but he didn't like it. <laughs> Come on, we, we've all been there, haven't we? Yes, we have. But we've made that up. This is going to be life-changing for you. This is a whole new day for you. I'm excited for what God's going to do in your life. I'm excited, online family, what God's doing in your life. God be praised. Hallelujah. Now get ready. I want to speak a blessing over you before I dismiss you today. I want to speak a blessing from the Holy Spirit over your life. A great blessing. Yes, just hold your hands out and just get ready to receive it right now. In the authority of Jesus' name, you will be above only and not beneath. When the enemy comes against you one way, he'll flee before you seven. You'll be blessed when you lie down tonight. You'll be blessed when you wake up in the morning. You'll be blessed every evening when you lie down. You'll be blessed every morning when you wake up. In the authority of Jesus' name, walk in that blessing. Amen. God bless you, dear ones. Have a great day.